Welcome to another edition of Politics Then Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. First of all, folks, you all know that our show is governed by whom? The people who own our show, our audience. And with us today, we are blessed to have who we call Bridge MCP. I call her Bridge MCP. I don't know if she wants to use her real name or not. She'll tell us that later on. But she is one of our leaders in the PDR Posse. She came across an article uh, uh, written that was posted at the coffee party that she said needed some more context than that. She wrote out something and I said, you know what? We need you as somebody from Ireland to make the point. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Bridge MCP. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. I always call you Bridge MCP. What should That's I my name. Uh, that is my name. Okay, good. Well, it's not my full last name, but my first name. Okay, well, good. Great. Great to have you here. Hey, Bridge, you saw... First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I was born in Belfast, and I came here because my mother didn't want to go through the troubles. They were just really starting to get bad. And uh, her and my brother, me and my brother were born there. We came here. And then when I was about... I don't know, 16, 17, I started to go back home. My father was already very much involved before he left Ireland in the whole fight and freedom of Ireland. And so we were all involved in that. We grew up with it. And my entire family on my father and mother's side are there. So they were dealing with it. So anyway, my father was going back and forth. And I started going back and forth when I got older. I would go like twice a year. I almost moved there. Because I wanted to join, you know, to help the fight. But that's uh, the IRA, right? I didn't want to call it that. <laughs> well, let me tell you why, why I, I put it that way, uh, Bridge. Because the way I see it, we always hear the story, all these stories from sort of a black, white, good, bad point of view. And one of the reasons I wanted to uh, have you on is you're an Irish person. You grew up in Northern, or rather, you started off in Northern Ireland, Belfast. Right. And there are issues there. And there's this phrase that always says, one man's uh, freedom fighter is another's terrorist. I mean, um, what do we call uh, when America moved westward and did what it took to move westward? What do we talk about how the formation of Panama occurred when the United States put a battleship in, in the Gulf of Colón and said, hey, you guys are now an independent country. We want a canal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, there are a lot of these features. So what we try to do here, Beach, and why I was really excited to speak to you about, uh, about this article was that you said this article made a horrendously bad frame in it. It doesn't matter whether you think uh, the IRA was a terrorist organization or mm-hmm. not. What's important is how they characterize the IRA and the Republican Party. So please elaborate on that, because I think you did a wonderful job. In in the article, it was only the first two paragraphs that that compared the GLP to Sinn Féin. Right. Explain who Sinn Féin is, actually. Well, Sinn Féin is pretty much the political arm of the IRA. The IRA became two fractions. I mean, they started in the 1900s. They didn't call them them that um, then. But there's two fractions. There was, um, they, they started to split as things got worse or better, depending. So when Ireland finally split and got its independence, 
the IRA was still around, but a part of it was becoming too violent and another part of it didn't want to be. So you had the provincial IRA and or Kyra, and then you had the official on the other side and they, they actually had a nickname. I don't remember what it was. So the one was more political and one was more violent. And then we had Sinn Féin, which became the political side of the IRA. And all of them altogether are all socialists, which our GRP are not. So right off the bat, I was, are you kidding me? And, and they portrayed the IRA as the, the muscle part of, of Sinn Féin. Now, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm disagreeing with the way they said it. It is an Irish saying. It's not what you said. It's the dirty way you said it. So I was disagreeing with that, that they're not really the muscle man. And in comparison to the article, they were saying more or less the GOP is Sinn Féin and the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers are the IRA. And I was like, are you out of your lunatic mind? These people have nothing to do with saving their country. They're actually destroying our country, but they have nothing to do with Sinn Féin or Ireland or the IRA or trying to save their country or trying to break out of British claws. If everybody remembers history, British owned everything. They colonized everywhere. And they did it to Scotland and Wales and, and Ireland. And um, people don't realize there's Great Britain and then there's the United Kingdom. Great Britain is just England. Right. United Kingdom is their conglomerate over there. And so the article bothered me in two ways. One, that the coffee party actually said they agree with it. What are your thoughts? And I was like, I'm not sure what they agreed with. Let, let, let me say that as, as a member of the coffee party, I can say that, um, that it's not, we don't, they don't, the, the coffee party do not take the position on these articles officially. Because, I mean, just like uh, you objected to that uh, article that labels Sinn Féin, uh, many of my articles aren't appreciated necessarily by all those in the coffee party. Right. So what I wanted to do in speaking to you as well is giving you that platform that could actually, you are, I mean, what I, what I love about this is that you are from, uh, from Ireland. You do have authority on the message as opposed to a third party revealing something from yet a third party officiated right. likely by a government. So mm -hmm. I take credence with what you have to say more so than I do somebody who's just regurgitating otherwise. Other somebody else. Well, you know, the thing about it is, I think I sent you a link to the man that wrote the article, Professor yes. Georgetown. And um, so I actually clicked on him and then I read the comments that people were writing about the article. I don't know if you read them. But in there, they were putting down the coffee party. They were shocked like I was. And also putting down the actual title, Sinn Féin, like the GOP. They were like, everybody was going out of their minds for, for that. They were like, how could you do this? So the, the reason why I bring up the coffee party is because they had to have read it. They said, they, they said, we agree with this. What are your thoughts? And don't know what they agreed with, whether it was the rest of the article or the comparison to Sinn Féin. But that's what got me with them. Right. I, that's the only thing. I, I love that organization. And I still go in articles and click and like, you know. It yeah, was I mean, that. Uh, you're, you're, you're level-headed. I think it's important for people to be able to say, well, if some people like this or whatever, you know, uh, you have the freedom. And that's why 
why you're here right. to go ahead and refute what has to be said. And I looked at your article, like I called you this morning and said, I am completely your boss on your response to the article. And that's why I wanted to have you make it. You no, know, it was weird. And I'm, I'm not very good on remembering you know, dates and facts and people, the names, because there was so much going on. And I did not live there. I was going back twice a year for two or three weeks. But my father was involved, and so therefore we were involved, and and his whole family was involved. I mean, my cousin, right? In front, he had a, he had a rubber bullet shot at him. Now, if you know about rubber bullets, they're about six to eight inches long, maybe about two inches in diameter, and they're supposed to be shot at the ground and then bounce. Well, the British Army, did, oh, all the RUC, the the police, they shot them directly at you. Which could kill you. It went right through his, it right, it blinded him right in his eye. And that was in a peaceful protest. Nobody was armed. Nobody had anything. So there's a lot of propaganda that goes on that I know that most people, especially nowadays, don't know what happened back then. They were getting fed propaganda on the BBC One or BBC Two. They only had two or three channels. And then America would pick it up and say, look what they did. Even the Irish Americans were against them because they were getting fed propaganda. So organizations, <clears throat> a few my father started, and like newspapers and certain organizations came about to not only educate the people, but to help the women and children whose husbands and sons were all just locked up with that, you know, internment with no release, no trial, no jury, nothing. They were just put in prison. For years, for life, there was no no trial, and hundreds died. And and you know, to compare that to the Proud Boys, when these people were fighting to free their country, albeit some of it was violent, and the rest of it wasn't. I mean, I, I want to. I want you know. I mean, there are so many times that I, that you uh, characterize. Uh, let's say the IRA, some of it was violent, some of it was not. These were people that actually wanted a free an Ireland, not a Northern Ireland and a Southern Ireland, right. but an Ireland, which, Ireland, which is the country. But Great Britain, as usual, had to have its footprint, footprints everywhere. Um, I mean, uh, when America wanted its liberation from the Great Britain, they did pretty much do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, I mean, so we, war we, is war. Right. We have to be cognizant about that and not just demonize folks for you terrorists, you good, you bad. Because well, that was the thing, you know, to label someone a terrorist when I think I had written that piece to you, like, yes, the British Army was very good. The Irish, the IRA would announce we're going to blow up a bus tomorrow at 12 o'clock on this bus route at this bus stop. So there'll be nobody there. Clear them out. We're letting you know. And they would do that on purpose because they they were all about destroying any any goods that would cost Britain money. Destroy a park, destroy a bus. That's what their whole goal thing was. And then the British Army would get the codes and detonate the bus while people were on it. But the IRA already said they were doing it. So they had to take the blame. They take the blame. And it happened dozens of times. And, you know, after a while, you know, you start getting angry. So that's what that and they are a well-formed citizens army. Now the Protestants had a well-formed citizens army, the UDF, but they were backed by the English. 
They were not, you could call them up in the telephone book. The IRA was secretive. You, you couldn't call them up. You know, they wore black masks. You didn't know who they were. You but couldn't. UDF, you shouldn't, right. Right. The UDF, they acted blatantly. Came right out with guns, M16s. And the police didn't arrest them. They were all Protestants. So it wasn't technically an Irish, I mean, a, a religious war. But underneath it all, it kind of was. You know, so it's betwixt and between on that issue. The Catholics wanted to be Irish, and the Protestants wanted to belong to the king. So that was the religious part of it. But to have the British government come in finally, the army, to save the people, to stop the violence, and then join it. I mean, like the people were like, what? And then the IRA came full-fledged. I guess that was in 69 or 70. Right. They became full-fledged. Now, you have to look at the context of every story, and that's the reason why I think uh, we need to make sure and have open discussion about how things really are. Uh, you know, uh, uh, many Catholics in Northern Ireland see things very differently than Protestants who want to be part of the kingdom. And not only that, they got a benefit from being uh, part of the kingdom. What many Americans don't understand is something that even occurred here in the United States and elsewhere is that many of the farmlands, et cetera, in, in Northern Ireland were actually owned by English, protected by English folks who never stepped foot in Ireland as the people starved. So well, they also like, had an economic component. I mean, the famine, I think it was... The 40s I, potato famine, yes. I couldn't, I couldn't find a link to it, but about 20 or 30 years ago, you, the humane, humane rights, against whatever that organization is called, they had, they, they fined England for the, the, the humanity, what they did to the people in, in Ireland during the famine. It was like, they had to pay like $20 billion. Right. Something like that. And I, I couldn't find a link because it was so old. It was probably before computers. But um, they had to pay a link for that. And there was no reason. I mean, that's like saying America lost corn. And thousands of millions, millions died because we had no corn. Ludicrous, and so was the famine. They yes, they're big on potatoes, but it was meat and warehouses. It was actually during that time the biggest export of beef from Ireland. Why didn't you give it to the people? No, it's like in that movie, like well, we can't um, get them out. We'll breed them out. So they starved us out. So many left and came to America and stuff, but. Millions and millions died. And, you know, when you go with that background like that, and if you look at Ireland area, you'll see everything has little um, walls, rock walls. Right. Because only if you had land could you vote. So they would break it up and give a wee piece to their son. So maybe he could have a wee vote. And that's why it's all parceled up so much because of what happened. But, you know, then you add in all the other atrocities. You can't speak your own language. You can't, you can't speak have, Gaelic. Instead, you oh, you know, speak English in the Northern Ireland. Yes. You had to secretly be taught it. And my uncle did. Well, a lot of people did. But you had to secretly learn your own language. But to their detriment, since they didn't know it, we did. Now they couldn't figure out what the hell we were talking about. <laughs> so and that kind of saved my father because he was on the run for two years. I won't go too much into that, but he was on the run for two years, and he would call and speak in like a code Gaelic, 
and we could understand them, but the FBI were going nuts. What the hell are you talking about? Because it wasn't just Gaelic, it was cold. Right. But, um, I mean, it, it was just, I don't know. So that article prompted a lot of, you know, a lot of a lot. emotions, you know, yeah. a, a lot of emotions. And um, that's why I wrote to you and told you that, you know, you're part of them. Like, I think they screwed up. Yeah, well, look, I'm glad that we we had you here to uh, to give your your perspective on the article and where the article went wrong. Like I said, unlike the author, you lived it. So, Bridge MCP, uh, last words. Last words. Well, thank you for letting me express this because it really bothered me, and and I'm I'm glad that you know reading the other people's comments, whether it was on Facebook or on the, the man's actual article. Many agreed with me, and um, so it, it brought about a lot. And um, but also, I want to tell you thank you. I love your show. You got it right there. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Thank you and, very um, much. Yeah. Bring that down, please. Yeah, sure. um, yeah. And I love your show. Your show was great. You're very fair. You're very honest. And you stand up when you say you make a mistake. You call people out on theirs. And we have a really good group on the PDR Posse. We have a great group, right or left, doesn't matter. Well, look, Bridge MCP, thank you so kindly for being a part of the PDR Posse. Thank you so kindly for helping us out at Politics Done Right. And and rest assured that you always have a voice. And all of us, when it comes to Politics Done Right, have a voice. Thank you so kindly for being on Politics You're welcome, Roberto. Take care. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.